Hey geeks, it's Jana and Ashley. Thanks for joining us this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your place for the latest geek and fandom news. Hey friends, welcome back to the Weekly Bugle. We are going to talk about the craziness of Chapter 14 of The Mandalorian, Wonder Woman 1984 reviews, Spider-Man 3 rumors, and more, including that super awkward KFC Lifetime movie. But yeah, let's start with The Mandalorian. Um, Okay, so, and I'm going to apologize in advance, friends, because I have some construction going on at my house that I cannot escape. It's not crazy loud, but you might hear some banging in the background. Also, yeah, that KFC movie, what is going on with that? I'm like, I see the preview thing, and I was like, what? Is happening, and also, what is up with Mario Lopez? I, I, yeah. So, <laughs> like, no, just no, all the no. Like, I'm intrigued and scared at the same time. <laughs> right, which is why I was leaving that for the end because that's I got some things to say about that because that's a whole mess, a whole mess. It is a whole lot of mess. Okay, well, let's start with where we wanted to start, which is the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. So. I don't know about you, but I honestly was thinking, oh, it'll be not a filler episode, but like just an episode that's kind of slow because we got a lot last week. So I was just like, well, it'll be okay. But as soon as I saw it was called The Tragedy, I was like, well, crap, (laughs) this is not going to end well. And it sure didn't, which is rude. Rude. Um, So rude. No, I kind of expected a little bit less excitement than the previous week's episode because- right. You know, we all got Ahsoka and we got so much material, um, you know, the fact that they brought in the discussion of Grand Admiral Thrawn and we were like, oh, let's, you know, it, oh, so good. And then, you know, so yeah, I didn't necessarily expect this week to be filler per se, but I didn't expect it to be quite as intense as it was. And yeah, that ending, yo, brutal, super freaking rude. I was like, <laughs> happening right now i was mad yo mad my friend just texted me she just watched it and she goes she just sends me crying emojis and i'm like what's wrong what happened and she goes they took the baby and i was like oh yeah yeah they sure did she's like i am not okay i was like no i'm not either no not okay at all and then so last week my son actually sat down and watched it with us like at the same time because he hasn't really been watching it you know, straight through with us, which whatever, he'll watch an episode here or there. He does not care. Whatever. I don't know how he's my child, but it's I was gonna say, and he still lives with you. Okay. He does. I haven't kicked him out yet. (laughs) Anyway, the episode ends and he's like, let's watch another one. And I was like, we can't watch another one. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, they only release them one at a time. And he was like, wait, what? Like, just no this is the problem we only get one a week and then they do things like this to us it was awful and so my husband has been saying for too long that you know he's like oh but you know it all works out in the end like baby yoda's gonna be fine and so of course at the end of that i looked at him and he goes i liked it i was like i bet you did jerk Oh, Harry, rude! I know oh, he's so rude. Also, R.I.P. to the Razor Crest because so many people have made memes about how he magically gets it fixed every time. I don't think he's gonna get it fixed. No, this time. no, I don't think so. I agree. The Razor and Crest. I, I like the ship. Yeah. I'm kind of sad. Kind of sad. But we did get Boba Fett this week, and not only did we get Boba Fett, 
We got a lot of Boba okay. Fett. They get and a lot. Of Boba Fett. It was like it was just like watching Ahsoka come in. It was what the fandom wanted. He put the armor on. He was shooting. You know, he was just fighting. He was kind of a mixture of like his old weapons and his new weapons. But when he hit the missile launch from the jetpack, I was like, yes, I love this so much. And the best part of all is they have finally put to rest the is he or isn't he a Mandalorian? He is a Mandalorian. It's in canon. So there you go. Agreed. No, it was such a good episode. And yeah, I was so excited when he showed up. Um, And I do love that they chose the actor who previously played Jenga Fat to play Boba Fett. Um, That was, I just, you know, as a, you know, kind of a a nod to the fans in general. I think that's just a great way to, you know, play Mm -hmm. that, cast a role with somebody who's already been involved in Star Wars and, you know, can kind of relate to that role in general, not just some random person. So I thought that was awesome. For sure. And Ming-Na Wen's character, Finnick Sheehan, was oh, back I'm too. I so excited to see her. I was like, I was I dream when she came out. I was like, ah, love Ming-Na Wen. I hope we see more of her. Especially oh, now sure. that the is, you know, over. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, when they killed her off, like within the, the episode she was, she was in last season, I was like, rude. That's Mulan. And Agent May, you don't do that to Agent May. Are you kidding me? So I was happy to see her back. Now she's like part droid. It's fine. It's Star Wars. It works. Whatever. It was pretty <laughs> like, funny when she showed us her like droid parts. I was like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, the code that uh, Boba Fett showed off to Mando has been translated and it mentions Crimson Dawn, Jaster Muriel, who was the According to the comic, the Boba Fett comic in 2002, I believe, he was the one that saved Jango Fett from like annihilation. And he was a, so he was a foundling, just like Din, which is awesome because again, they're canonizing things that people have wanted canonized for so long. And I just love that for Rome and Filoni, you're like, yes, let's do this. They're the best. For real. Also, can we just give over Star Wars to Filoni like they did Baggy for Marvel? I'm just saying, let the man do what he does best. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm 100% on board with that. And then can we also just run into him on the escalator? And I was going to say, we Filoni's like our best friend. He just doesn't remember <laughs> us. It's fine. I mean, we're kind of a memorable pair. That That is true. I mean, how many people slide out of security check to be like, oh, my God, can we take a picture with you? <laughs> and then proceed to carry on a conversation for like the whole walk way up. Right. I mean, that, that that's also true. That. so I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, I can't wait till we can have Star Wars celebration again. Oh, uh, no kidding. <laughs> We're so sad to miss that this year. Salty. Oh, no. Sal- I'm salty at 2020. It's a salty mess. (laughs) You know what's not a salty mess, though, is Jeremy Renner. No, that's an exciting. And Hawkeye. Yes. Because we saw that they were filming in Brooklyn last week. That's true. And some leaked set photos show Kate Bishop and Pizza Dog. Mm-hmm. Pizza dog. <laughs> but what I found super interesting is we also know when it's going to take place in the MCU timeline. Yes. 
It will be taking place in 2025. That's two years after the events of Endgame. Because in the set photo that was leaked, there is a Happy New Year 2025 in the window of the shop in Chinatown. So, it's exciting. I'm excited for, like, any of the Marvel shows. I want all of them, so. True. I'm also, I'm kind of intrigued. Like, I know that he had posted, he being Jeremy Renner, had shared on his Instagram stories the picture of him in his Clint Barton outfit. And he was wearing the the style, this kind of, it was based on that 2012 Hawkeye comic that Matt Fraction and David Aja, is that how you say his name, the artist, uh, had done for the series. And he, he had like a cut on his eyebrow with a bandage on it. And he was like kind of bruised up in like the forehead and nose. Mm-hmm. And so the speculation is that like, that's going to be the, the kind of look for the series, or at least part of the series. And I'm kind of excited for that, to have that kind of comic book feel for him. Oh, for sure. Character. I love when they tie in comic books. Yeah. Makes me happy. Yeah. So that'll be good. I'm excited. Yeah. But yeah, I'm ugh. yeah, I'm, I'm excited for any of those, really. But even just being able to see that they're kind of back to filming. and Yes, that just gives me so much hope. <laughs> like, yes, thank you. And we're down to not quite a month out from WandaVision, which is super mm-hmm. exciting. Practically keep- down the days. They keep teasing us. They keep releasing posters and it's showing them in different decades of television. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to get like one a week until they launch or something. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. And then oh. in other Marvel news, Zendaya <laughs> was recently on Jimmy Kimmel's show. And naturally, he tried to get her to spill it about <laughs> Spider-Man 3. And not that I expected her to because they are trained well. Because <laughs> she's not Tom Holland. She is not Tom Holland. <laughs> they probably have like a kill switch on his mic. So that if someone says, oh, tell us about Spider-Man 3. Before he even opens his mouth, they're like, mute it. You're done. Cut him off. He's done. <laughs> He's so funny, but terrible with that stuff. Oh my goodness. He sure is. He sure is. But she didn't give anything away. She kind of stumbled over her words a little bit, but that could just be she was taken off guard. You can look into it what you may. However, there was some chatter on Twitter and some evidence that popped up that Sony had a video on YouTube taken down that was discussing multiverse theories. So I feel like... If they're taking stuff down about the multiverse and Spider-Man, that kind of makes me feel mm-hmm. like we're right and there's the multiverse and Spider-Man. I concur. That definitely there'd be no other reason to take down those like random speculation right. you know, fan theory kind of things unless they don't want people speculating about it because it's true. Right. But so who knows? Just saying. Just saying. Something to think mm-hmm. about. Wonder Woman 1984. It looks like the, re- the reviews are mostly positive. Yeah. I haven't seen too many negative things. Um, it no. seems like Pedro Pascal is the rock star of the movie. Um, I mean, that's not shocking. He's pretty incredible. Right. I'm super excited about him. Although, you know, my unpopular opinion is I didn't <laughs> like the first one. I mean, that's not, is it really that unpopular? 
Like it was okay. I, like I, I, I feel like, like as a it. woman, if I was like when it came out anyway, I feel like I can say it now, but when it came out, if I was like, this is garbage, I would have been attacked for not supporting women in film or something. I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wouldn't personally say it was garbage. I wouldn't go that far, but it wasn't like amazing for sure. <laughs> but. I just, uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fine. Whatever. We did a whole episode on unpopular opinions. Uh, we'll link to it in this post. You can check out that episode. It's episode 12. We did unpopular <laughs> opinions, fandom edition. And yeah, that was one of them. And we had some others that you may or may not agree with. We should do another one of those. We should, because there's some more unpopular opinions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So I, as much as I love Pedro Pascal, I have like sworn off DC movies. (laughs) It's Batman versus Superman. (laughs) So I'm going to have to rely on you watching Wonder Woman 1984. Are you though? Because I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean... I just, yeah, I don't think I'll watch it, even if it's free, because I have HBO Max, so it's not like. Yeah, I was going to say, it's free, so I might watch it. I certainly I would, would pay for it. I would literally have to have nothing else to watch. Yeah, that's true. To watch that. You know, if my girls want to watch it, I would probably just watch it, but I wouldn't, I'm not interested enough that I'm going to go, oh, I can't wait to watch this, and past watching on something else that I want to watch to right. watch it first I'll have to be like in a mood to just watch nothing else or they want to watch something and I'm like yeah okay fine I'll watch it with you <laughs> so well you'll probably end up watching it for me so I look forward to your review <laughs> it'll, I'm sure it'll be stellar <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the weird hybrid release because Wonder Woman is going to HBO Max and is also going to theaters the same day. Uh, Warner Brothers has decided that's their plan for 2021. They're going to release everything like that. It's so strange to me, but I, I mean, I guess I get it. Like most people still aren't comfortable going out to the theater and rightfully right. so lots of theaters won't even be open. You know, like up here, all of our drive-ins are closed now because it's so cold outside. Nobody wants to sit in their car when it's 20 degrees out. Right. And let, let's be clear, that's 20 degrees Fahrenheit, people, not 20 degrees Celsius. Um, <laughs> that makes a difference. And yeah, like, but you know, down south, like drive-ins are still open. So people could go to the drive-in and, you know, catch a movie. So yeah, I mean, digitally is the way it's going to be for a while in a lot of places. It's interesting. I feel like it might be a good move. It means they don't have to be beholden to what's going on they can stick to their release schedule they don't have to change anything but i'm curious because the reaction from the studios they've partnered with for distribution are a little not all of them are happy about it so legendary which is putting out dune and godzilla versus kong has actually challenged them on this i was reading they've sent them a letter and I don't know if it's going to like get pushed into court, but it's just, it's interesting that that Legendary is not on board with this decision at all. And it's just, it's curious to me how this will affect the smaller studios that have like hitched their 
you know, wagon to this, hitch their wagons <laughs> together, I guess. I mean, I guess I would have to do some like major research on like the numbers to see, but I feel like those smaller studios aren't going to really lack from not having a theatrical debut. Right. I don't know. It's, it's curious to me. I feel like it could get nasty. Yeah, sure could. Sure so, could. I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Yes. And then, did you see Dexter's coming back? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> I feel like I'm, everything's coming back. Everything, yeah, everything old is new again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like the 70s. Everything's coming back. That is true. <laughs> next, thing I, you know, next thing you know, Bell Bottoms will be in fashion again. Oh, please no. I remember when I was in school, they were flares. Oh, yes. They're called flares, not bell bottoms. I mean, but listen, they were are huge again. Yeah, I just can't. Neon. I'm okay I'll with think. the neon. I am too. It just cracks me up. But like, my no, be like, no, look at no. this crunchy. And I was like, dude, do you want one of like the 400 at my mom's house? <laughs> right. anyway. <laughs> anyway, tangent. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Dexter season nine. It's supposed to come back in fall 2021. Filming should be starting soon if it hasn't already. Uh, I kind of gave up on Dexter after the John Lithgow season. Mm. I thought that was the high note and they should have ended it there. I never finished it either. I watched a few seasons. Like, it was okay. And honestly, like, I, I kind of got bored with it, which I guess I'm just not a good serial killer person. <laughs> You're um, not the target audience then. Like things like that, but... I just got bored with it. I was like, seriously, like, how do they not catch the guy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I know that the season finale, or the series finale, I should say, at the time, could you still call it the series finale when there's another season I, coming? I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> so, okay, so we'll say the original series finale, yeah. I know was one of the most disappointing to fans. It's like listed mm-hmm. on all those lists of like worse, like how I met your mother bad. A list for how shows yeah. ended my husband watched it all the way to the end he was faithful to it and he hated the ending so i wonder if they're going to kind of go back and almost pull a roseanne and be like just kidding season eight was a dream or it didn't happen or they're gonna just like retcon things i i don't know i don't know you need to hear his opinion on this after it airs oh yeah i will definitely i asked him i said are you excited about this and he's kind of like He's of the mind, like, he doesn't like they're just bringing stuff back to bring it back. He likes new things. So for him, he's like, eh, I'll watch it, I guess, was his wording. Yeah. So we'll see what he says. Hmm. But I don't need to see what he says about this one. (laughs) And that is, of course, the Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders. So what I really want to know... Can someone answer this question? Who pitched this idea? Who pitched it? Who (laughs) thought, heck yeah, a sexy horn dog Colonel Sanders? I do not. I don't get it. Yes, let's get Mario Lopez to pay him. Also, why did Mario Lopez accept this role? So I have more than one question, obviously. But like, there's a lot of questions. There's questions I'm concerned. I saw someone on Twitter goes, this proves that there isn't a check Mario Lopez won't cash. And I like lulled so hard. <laughs> I mean, 
He's He's making it really hard for me to watch Saved by the Bell and still have feelings for Slater. This is what this is doing to me because now I can only see him as Colonel Sanders. It's so bad. (laughs) Mario Lopez, I've kind of liked you for a while and then I didn't. But like this puts me in the I can't even stand you category because like, I mean, I get it. We're all suffering, you know, paychecks with the pandemic and all. But like, this feels like a really new low for For anyone. Yeah. For even like the worst like W list actor. Uh, w list dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pull up like maybe Z means you're dead. I don't know. This is like really <laughs> the bottom of like possible. I don't she know. Skipped, she skipped all the way to W. <laughs> I, did, I really did because, dude, weird, sexy Colonel Sanders. I can't. It's so, and the more I look at the, oh, it's like when it, because it's popping up in my feed everywhere now. Like everybody's sharing it. When I first saw it, I was like, LOL, April Fools came early. And I'm like, oh no, it's real. No, it's, it's real. It's a hundred percent real. And it's like, so 2020. Oh, I just, it's so, oh, why Mario? Why? I don't get it. I really don't. It's so, and why? Why are they making him try to be like seduct? Why? I do not understand it. Who thought that was a good idea? Out yourself. Out yourself now. If you, this was your pitch idea. I mean, I guess in their defense, everybody's talking about it. But not in a good way. But is it the whole like bad press is still press? thing i don't know i don't understand the whole thing it's a little weird i'm disturbed i'm i am disturbed like what's next like popeye's gonna do the same thing like i don't understand what's happening here you know we've run out of ideas what What? would be really funny is if wendy's had some kind of great social media like campaign comeback to this whole oh that makes me want to look I feel like they should have said something by now. Right? I mean, because their team is on it. I know technically we were going to end with Colonel Sanders and the Mario Lopez. I'm going to call it a debacle because I can't even take it seriously. It's that bad. But have you watched The Queen's Gambit yet? I have not. So for our listeners that don't know or haven't watched it also, it is on Netflix and it's based on a book. It's a seven-part series, but the the episodes are each really long. Like, I think the shortest one might be an hour and seven minutes. It is so incredibly well done. Every episode, I was just glued to the screen. I'm not necessarily one for sort of like a historical fiction type movie series. Like, that's not necessarily my style. I'm definitely much more into like the sci-fi, nerdy kind of fun stuff. And this moves, I think, I mean, I guess I'll call it it's slow moving just because of the subject matter, but it is fascinating and it is so well written and so well filmed. I highly recommend it to anybody who is just looking for something different to watch or something that's just like really well done. And my girls are all enamored with it as well one of my kids came to me and they were like, mom, can I watch the queen's gambit? And I was like, yes, yes, you can please, please watch. the." (laughs) That's awesome. I do like historical fiction. So I'll have to check it out. 
We have been watching Dairy Girls, which is also on Netflix. It's an Irish um, series. Super funny. Super funny series, yes. We're on season series two. Okay. They call them series over there. So we're on series yeah. two. Yeah. And I love it. I think the nun teacher principal might be my favorite character. Mm-hmm. She's super snarky. Yes. And just like rolls her eyes all the time. I love it. <laughs> But yeah, I've been on like this kick of like, let me watch shows from BBC. BBC has some great stuff. Yes. It's filling the Downton Abbey void. I miss Downton Abbey. It was such a good show. It sure was. Sure was. I want to go back and watch it again. I was going to have you talk about We Can Be Heroes, but I didn't know if you wanted to share or not. You know, so here's the thing about We Can Be Heroes. I mean, my kids loved Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And my husband made a joke about how Shark Boy and Lava Girl was, was terrible. And I kind of said, you know, I actually didn't think it was that bad. Like, I mean, it, it's a kid's movie. Let's be clear. So most adults are not going to be like, oh, this movie that was made for little kids was the right. best ever. Right? right. Like, it takes a lot for, you know, I, I think this is where, and we see a lot of this in our industry just because of what we do. But like, movie houses like Pixar or Disney, like their animation, so much goes into their movies that it's so much more than just a quick entertaining whatever. Like there's a lot of story and research that goes in behind it. And not that all movies are like this, but there's a lot of, there's so much that goes in behind the scenes. You know, you take like Moana, for example, and that you, you learn all this stuff about the culture and the, you know, area in which she lives. And it's like, it's a whole package, right? That's not the case, I think, with a lot of children's entertainment. So you look sometimes at some of these films in general that are created, and they're definitely not all the same caliber, and I don't think that's a shock for me to say. You know, Shark Boy and Lava Girl is now, what, I don't know, 10, 15 years old, maybe 20? I I don't even know it's ancient. <laughs> I think um, it came out in, like, early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, maybe, it's Maybe like, mid-2000, I don't know. I feel like it was around when my oldest was little. Like, I think it had been around when my kids started watching it. Like, I don't think it released when they were the appropriate age for watching it. And I could go Google it right now, but I just actually don't even care that much. The point is, it was an okay movie. It was reasonably well done for what it was. It was entertaining. It held my kids' interest. They watched it a handful of times. Moving on. So this new movie, We Can Be Heroes, is sort of a spinoff of that. The kids of parents with abilities all, you know, come together to save the world. It makes Shark Boy and Lava Girl look like it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Fine. Little kids liked it. That's that's something. I'm sure my seven-year-old nephew would have loved it. Like it's that age group for sure. But then my husband was making fun of like the original one. (laughs) My 15-year-old was like, do not say that about right. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. She's like, that movie was great. So he clearly has a different recollection of that movie based on when she had watched it and how it affected her at that age. You know what I'm saying? So like, definitely movies are written and made for <laughs> the audience that they are written and made for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't remember either of those movies being great. They were not made for me. They were made for my children and younger children. 
Right. That age group remembers the movies that they watched and really enjoyed them. And I'm sure we are the same way. And I try to keep that in mind when I watch movies like that. Right. Like, I'm sure there were movies we watched when we were that age that we were like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever. <laughs> and we can watch it 20 or 30 years later and be like, wow, dude. Um, okay. This is hot garbage. You mean Space Jam? Precisely yes. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I loved Space Jam as a kid. I caught it. One of the last times I was traveling, it was on TV, and I was like, oh, Space Jam. I was so excited about it. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why did I like this yeah. movie? It's awful. Exactly. But that's, yeah, so that's oh, the exact thing, right? Like, it wasn't, it's not going to be an Oscar winner, and that is okay. Like, it's not winning an Academy Award for anything, but the kids who see it are going to enjoy it, and that's all that matters. has some great moral lessons in it. I was going to say, that's all that matters. Well, thanks for sharing that. When is it out? December 25th. It is on Netflix December 25th. It'd be a good movie for the kids. Also, Soul is going to be out on December 25th on Disney+. Plus. Yes, I'm so excited for that one, too. I love Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Like, their music is just... Mm. It's an interesting, like, combo for that movie. I'm so excited about it. And just the cast. I'm just, you know, I got to go find tissues at the store because I know I'm going to need them. It's a Pixar movie. For sure. Not only is it a Pixar movie, it's about a man having an existential crisis. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yeah, so I need some tissues for that. They just, you know, it's funny, like I've loved Nine Inch Nails for decades and the two of them actually have scored. So, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they've scored so many movies that people don't even know are scored by them because it's the work that they do for that type of stuff is so vastly different than the music that they put out like under the nine nails right. label, like when Trent is doing that type of work. So it's, it's just fascinating when people are like, Oh really? You know, we're like Trent won a country music award for old town road. I think it was. <laughs> and people are like, wait, what? <laughs> You're like, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's insane. I did not know he was part of that. Mm-hmm. Funny little things like that where you're just like, huh. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. Join us next week when we share all the breaking and exciting fandom news. As always, if you see anything you want to share with us, tag us on Twitter at Whiskey and Sunshine or that Ashley Aaron. And until next time, geeks. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.